Hallelujah. We bless your name tonight, Father. You are worthy to be praised. You are wonderful, Father. Oh, your blessing is so good to us. You fill us with joy. You fill us with peace. You fill our pocketbooks. We thank you for it tonight, Father. We thank you for what you've done, but we thank you for who you are. You are God, creator of the universe. Our master, our redeemer, our savior. And we give you glory. There is no one else. There is no one like you. We give you glory and honor and praise tonight. And you are worthy tonight. You are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And we all said, Amen. Amen. Now you can be seated. (laughs) Well, uh, normally... Normally I have very tidy notes and they're all, you know, nice and scripted and, and tonight I've got all this and this. So who knows, who knows, (laughs) except for the Lord. So I'm going to start tonight in second Timothy chapter one. Second Timothy chapter one. We're talking that we're back to the basics tonight. We're talking about unshakable faith. In Second Timothy chapter one and verse six, it says, Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Now, I did a study, a word study of the word stir up, and it's a compound word with two, uh, two different words. And one word means a live thing. So we're to stir up, and this is talking about something that's alive, a live thing. And the other word means a fire. So if we put those two words together, it's talking about stirring up a live fire that's on the inside of you. And so the, the Amplified says it this way, that uh, you're to rekindle the embers of and fan the flame of and keep burning the gift of God, the inner fire. So there's a, there's a certain, uh, when you get born again, there's a certain amount of zeal. We could use the word fire, but also uh, John the Baptist said, uh, there is one coming after me, who will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And so, whether it be uh, this zeal or whether it be the Holy Spirit, Paul is telling us, or telling us through him telling Timothy, to stir this up on the inside of us. And if we're to have unshakable faith, then we got to remain stirred up. We can't get into a place where uh, we, we have a, a, a lax or, or get... Uh, comfortable or settled. Uh, the you've often heard that the the enemy to great is good, and when, sometimes you know when things people run to God when things are going wrong, but things are getting good, we get relaxed, we get settled in, and um, he's telling them here, you know, you got to keep this stirred up on the inside of you. All right. 
Because it goes on to say, for God has not given us a spirit of fear. Now, you're not going to have unshakable faith and be afraid at the same time. Unshakable faith, that means that you, you've removed the fear and you're standing on the word of God and you're, and you're confident and you're, uh, uh, you know, uh, what's the word? Uh, out there, you know, bold. You're, you have this boldness, you know, because of this, uh, because your faith is so strong. So he's telling him, we've got to stay stirred up in this for God hasn't given you a spirit of fear. That's not from God. You, you know, you might have heard the phrase, well, a little fear is healthy. A little fear is not healthy. That's like saying a little poison is healthy. And <laughs> Try that in your glass of coffee. Don't try that in your glass of coffee cup. <laughs> but of, but God, so God hasn't given a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So God is not the author of fear. So if there is something that causes fear in your life, God is not the author of that. And so we have to identify that that is not from God. That God has given us a spirit of faith, love, a sound mind. And so we're going to talk about this tonight as we uh, uh, talk about these things. Let, let me just give you four things. Four things that the fire of God will produce in your life. Four things that the fire of God will produce in your life. Number one, a passion. A passion for these things. The things of God. So in other words, I have such a passion for the things of God that those things take priority in my life. Though the, the things of God take priority in my life over the things of the world. There are many things that we can get distracted with. Mark 4, when, you, when uh, Jesus was dealing with uh, the parable of, of talking about the Word of God and how the Word of God is sown, and it's sown on this ground and this ground. Well, one of the things it says was that other things come in and choke it. <laughs> Other things, like what? What other things? Things of the world. Life can come in and choke this word out and cause you to lose your passion for God. And that's why he's telling Timothy, you got to keep this stirred up on the inside of you so that when you come in a situation, uh, you're not caught off guard. You're not, uh, when this thing comes out to surprise you, because that's what fear is going to do is cause you to be what? Afraid. You know, you, you played hide and go seek and then you jumped out and scared somebody. It was a surprise. Okay. So a lot of times that's how the enemy will work is he, he will come up and get in your face and surprise you with this thing to cause you to be afraid. And it's, and it's real ugly and mean, and it's to cause you to step back from your boldness, to step back from your passion to step back from your confidence in God and go, whoa, that looks scary, right? So this passion for the things of God, uh, number 
Number two, the passion for the house of God. So we're coming into the house of God. I was glad when it said unto me, go into the house of the Lord. Why? Because I'm going into the house of God. Because there's a word for me in the house of God where the anointing of God dwells. I know, I know there's anointing in us, but it's something about when we come into this corporate setting and gather together in his name where there's, where there's a, uh, an anointing, the presence of God, that, that's what uh, can cause things to leave your life. There are some things where you can do your best to try to get rid of them, but you need help. And so coming to the house of God, you get, you get help from your brother, your sister, you encourage one another. So the things of God, a passion for the house of God, a passion for the word of God, because the word of God is alive and powerful. This is, this is not just a book. It's, it, it, Jesus, it says in the beginning, he was the word and he was with God in the beginning. So this, this here, these are, these are life-giving words. The Bible says that there's health. It's health to our flesh. So I believe, call me radical, but I believe that just in reading the scriptures, that there's life, healing, there, there's anointing to remove strongholds, just reading of the scriptures. And so that's the kind of faith that we need to have when the word of God is going forth. So I can't wait to hear the word of God. And we rely on the Holy Spirit to give us revelation of the word that's being preached, the word that we read. We, we sit down and we say, okay, Holy Spirit, help me today. Help give me revelation of what I'm reading today. How, how many of you have read a scripture 20 times? The 21st time you got something that you had never gotten before. It's right there. And so we use all those things so that, so that what? So we can be equipped for today. Passion for the things of God, the house of God, the word of God, and, and the man of God. So if, if we don't receive the man of God, receive a prophet in the name of a prophet, we won't receive what? A prophet's reward. And so no matter who's in this pulpit, uh, you know, to put a draw on the anointing, because I can promise you that uh, the more of a draw on the anointing, the more revelation that will come out and the more that you will get out of the word of God in the house of God doing the things of God. Amen. Amen. So the fire of God should produce a passion in your life. Number two, the fire of God should produce a power. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. How God anointed Jesus Christ, Jesus of Nazareth, with the Holy Spirit and with what? Power. So when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, which Jesus or John the Baptist said that about Jesus, he's coming to baptize us with the Holy Spirit and fire. Where there is no fire, there is no power. Did you hear what I just said? 
So that's why it's important for us to stir this up on the inside of us. And we'll talk about ways to do that here in a few minutes. The Holy Spirit and power and Jesus went about doing good and healing all. How many of you would like to, every time you pray for somebody, something happened? Well, Jesus, the Bible says in 1 John that he, he was uh, manifested to destroy the works of the devil. We ought to, each one of us, be able to put our name into that. Eric was manifested to destroy the works of the devil. You know, it reminds me of that uh when, when Jesus, that woman that came and she was, she was bent over and she had been like that. And Jesus said, ought not this woman to be loosed who was bound by Satan? In other words, he was telling us, hey, I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't create her like this. She's bound. She's bound. She's, let's identify who it's from. It's from the devil. So ought not she be loosed from this? We got to understand that we're in a fight. And even Hollywood understands this because they put out movies all the time of good versus evil. And some of them are getting kind of weird, but some of this stuff, some of these TV shows, some of these movies, I saw a TV show that was advertised the other day, it's straight out of scripture, but they twisted it. And when... Christians watch this stuff. It seeds them. It seeds them to believe some of this stuff that, you know, you ought not to have anything to do with this, this stuff. I, I can tell I'm not going to go any farther on that. So, <laughs> but, it's, it, but it's true. We got we to gotta watch what we put before our eyes and protect, protect this fire. You know... It talks about how you can you can quench the Holy Spirit. What's quench mean? Put out of the fire. You know, if if you're if you go out and you do a campfire and you start throwing piling on a bunch of things on the fire, what's it going to do? It's going to smother it, or it's going to clutter it. Well, there's a lot of people's lives and that their lives are cluttered, smothered. Uh, if you're going to Waffle House, diced. Uh, Smothered, covered, peppered, chunked. Yeah. And that's what they put on their fire. And so these things are, are uh, smothering their fire so that what that Mark 4 chap book is talking about is that uh, it's choking out the word. And so you need power to overcome power. You don't think the, that the devil is a force? Ask, ask the person, well, they're not going to know. God doesn't control people. God gives people a choice. Love gets people a choice. But Satan controls people, drags them around, makes them, I don't say makes them, but, but you know, these people that aren't set free, it takes, it, it takes, what Jesus, the power of the resurrection of what Jesus did by breaking the chains of the devil to, to get them free. And so you need this operating in your life. So we're to stir this up. Number three. 
The fire of God will produce praise in your life. You'll be thankful. Uh, Psalm 78 says they eliminated the Holy One of Israel because they didn't remember His works. They didn't remember what He did. And so when we're thankful to God, we go to Him every day. Lord, I'm so thankful. Thankful for the breath that You give me. Thankful for Your mercy. Thankful for Your grace. Lord, I'm, I'm so thankful that for the blood of Jesus that, that washes me and cleanses me and, and I'm redeemed of the Lord. Lord, I'm thankful that I'm a child of God. Lord, I'm thankful that I'm a son of God. Lord, I'm thankful that you bless me. I'm thankful that you love me. I'm thankful. I'm thankful. I'm thankful. The fire of God is going to produce this in your life. And so in, in this state of thanksgiving or praise, go to Psalms chapter 34. Verse 1 says, I will bless the Lord when I feel like it. Is that what it says? What does it say? I'll bless the Lord when? On Sunday. On Sundays and Wednesdays. And see, the thing is, is when people only bless the Lord on Sundays, it takes, and then, and then the, the, the praise worship team and the preacher got to get people going. Because, you, you know, you haven't been stirring yourself up throughout the week. Not, not, probably not anyone in here, probably just all the other churches and, you know, in this county, but, but, uh, and so, but if we're doing that, you know, daily, well, now we're coming in and it's electric because the people of God had come in with a passion for the things of God, the house of God, the word of God, the man of God to hear what's What's going to be preached today? Because that word that's eternal can change my life forever. And so this isn't just something that's a, that's some kind of game. That's some kind of ritual. It's a great habit, but it shouldn't become so routine. Even though, even though it's, it, it, I would rather people come when they didn't feel like it because it's that time that you come when you don't feel like it is when you'll get something that you needed that will carry you through about what's coming your way. Yes, sir. Amen. So we praise God. We give him thanks for he's good and his mercy endures forever. He says, bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me. Watch this. And he delivered me from all my fears. For God has not given us a spirit of what? Fear. But of what? Power, love, and a sound mind. So we stir this up on the inside of us. The passion, the power, the praise. And then fourthly, the fire of God will produce a purging in your life. Now, a lot of people don't like to talk about this. And I'm just going to touch on it real quick. But I carry this little pamphlet with me because I remind myself, this is from... Jerry Savelle, has anybody heard of him? 
purged by fire. And it's and in this booklet, uh, it talks about, I, I got on Amazon the other day and I saw this booklet for like $300. I'll take a hundred for it right now. <laughs> but it's, uh, the fire, when you, in other words, when you get close to the fire, there are things that are going to go out of your life. Isn't that right? And for our God is an all-consuming what? He's still the same God. People say, well, uh, you know, we got to we got to bring God into the 21st century. He's the same yesterday, today and forever. Well, that's just old school. God's as old school as it gets. He's still holy. And and what we have here, not here, but I'm just saying I heard Dr. Savell say this, so I can, if, if Dr. Savell says it, then maybe you'll receive it. But I heard him say that the greatest sin of the church of today is compromise. Where people are trying to redefine holiness to a holy God. Now, now think about that. Like that's. Insanity and, and it's arrogant. So this fire will produce a purging in our lives that will clean out the things that don't need to be in there. So we're washed with the water of the what? Of the word. So we're putting word in. And if I were to do an illustration with two cups, which a lot of people have done this, and one's dirty and one's straight water. The more I pour of the straight water, the clean water in there is going to get out the dirt to the top where the dirt comes out. And then you, then what, what are you left with? And that, that's what the fire of God's going to do. The more passionate that you get about the things of God, the word of God, the house of God. And sometimes this is going to take discipline, self-control, self-discipline. To, to, to get in this, but the more that you get into it, the more you do it, God will meet you. Well, then you can't miss out. He is like a refiner's fire, a launderer's soap. And so what, what we must do with this is we must... Submit these things in our life. See, he knows the things that are in our heart. We're not hiding it from him. We may be able to to uh, hide those things from from other people that, you know, we put on a good face. You know, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm blessed and highly favored. You know, that's a great confession, you know, but but down on the inside, there are things going on that that, you know, you and God know what's going on. And so we can't be, uh, God who loves us wants this stuff out of us so that we can be free and walk in liberty. 
Some people think that liberty is the opposite, being able to do what they want to do. But really, being able to do what you want to do, uh, Nikki's dad always said, you're free to do whatever you want, but once you do it, you may no longer be free. You may be bound by it. And so God's trying to get us out of this stuff. And so the fire of God will produce the purging in your life. All we need to do is submit to that. To re- Here's what... Dr. Savell says in this little pamphlet, to refuse to submit to the fire is to refuse to submit to the Lord. For our God is an all-consuming fire. He wants all of us. Amen. He wants all of us. He wants all, he wants all of you. He gave everything he had so he could get all of us. Isn't that right? So those are four things that the fire will produce in our life. Now, Real quick, <laughs> let's talk about ways that you can stir yourself up. Number one, the Word of God. Jeremiah twenty three twenty nine. I'm going to give you some scriptures. You can, if you're taking notes, you can write them down. I'm just going to read through these. Jeremiah 23, verse 29 said, Is not my word like a fire? And like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces. So in other words, God's going to, uh, in order for the, the, the word of God, which is the seed of God, to go into the soil of our hearts, then we need soil that is receptive to the seed. Right? And so the word of God will come in and it will break up. <laughs> The hardened ground, if we allow it to, so that the, that the seed, the word of God can get on the inside of us and produce 30, 60, 100 fold. And uh, because the word will do that and it will sprout up and grow. Jeremiah 20, verse nine. But his word was in my heart. Like a burning fire shut up in my bones. Are you getting the theme of this? I was weary of holding it back. And I could not. See, we were meant to burn bright with fire. And the Holy Spirit gave me this little antidote that a fire that's fed will spread. A fire that's fed will spread. So if you begin to stir up this fire and you begin to feed it, just like putting some kindling on the fire, you know, throwing, squirting a little, kerosene or whatever. Stay away from the gasoline. But if you feed the fire, it's going to spread. And uh, then it's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And, and what's going to happen is it's going to get off and then people are going to see it. It's going gonna, it's gonna to get on them. And then it's going to get on somebody else. So it, it will spread the more that you feed this fire. My soul clings to dust. Revive me according to your word. Psalms 119.25. So when there are times where you don't, you don't feel like you can do this anymore. It says right here that uh, the word of God in Psalms 119 verse 25 will revive you. It will give you life support. And, and what? Kickstart. 
this fire on the inside of you so that you can stir this up. So why? So that you can win in life. All right, number two. Way to stir yourself up is by memory. Go back and remember the things that God has done for you in your life. This is, this is what David did when he got in front of King Saul, is he remembered. He said, the same God that delivered me from what? The lion? The same God that delivered me from the bear will deliver me in this situation, from this uncircumcised Philistine. What's he doing? He's stirring himself up by remembering the things that God has done in his life. And so that's the way uh, 2 Peter 1.13, stir you up by reminding you. 2 Peter 3.1, stir up your pure minds by way of reminder that you be mindful of the words which were spoken before by holy prophets. So the Holy Spirit can bring back Oh, something that you've read in the word, he'll, he can, he'll bring that up, uh, on the inside of you so that when you come across a situation, that scripture comes across your, your, oh, thank you, Lord. Yes. Yes. Uh, uh, you haven't given me a spirit of fear, but of power, love and a sound mind. So that's not me. So I stir this up on the inside of me. And so you begin to fight the battles that way. That's what David did in Psalms 103. He's saying, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his what? Benefits. And then he starts listing all the benefits. Who heals all my diseases. Who cleanses me from all iniquities. And all these things that God does and will do. He's reminding himself. So, so come on, soul. Hey, hey, mind. I'm not, I'm not going to allow you to think like, I'm not going to allow you to go off on this tangent. I'm not going to allow you to play the Jaws movie where Jaws is coming up out of the water and he's about to eat everybody. I'm not going to allow that to go. I mean, how, have you, how many of you ever know that this thought comes and then you go down the road. Next thing you've been daydreaming for like four or five minutes on the worst case scenario. Because if you can deal with the worst case scenario and you know what that's going to be, then you can work your way backwards. Okay, that's just me, I guess, sometimes. Uh, we, he doesn't want us to even go there. He hasn't given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Number three. I'm moving through these quickly. Another way to stir yourself up is by praying in the Holy Spirit. Jude 20, building yourself up, your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Spirit. And number four, we just read it in Psalms 34. Way to stir yourself up is through praise. The last thing that someone wants to do when they're down is praise. So that's the very thing that they need to do is praise. And you need to get yourself whatever you got to do. I like to put on music. Uh, there, there have been times where I've done this word that I've preached and there have been times where I failed miserably and curled up in the bed and took a nap. So I'm talking to myself because fear will take you down a path that you don't even want to go. And 
98% of the time, 99.7% of the time, it's not going to come true anyway. It's just Satan trying to get you off out of faith, out of unshakable faith, into where he can begin to speak into your life and cause things to come your way. And so I don't even want to open the door to that. It's all right here. Now, we're going to talk about tonight about the battle of the mind, renewing of the mind. But this is where the battle is taking place in our mind and our thoughts and our thinking. And the, and the things that we put in are the things that we think about. The things that we meditate on are the things that get in our heart. And so that's why we're talking about meditating on the Word of God, praising God, stirring up the things of God, stirring up the Word of God in our life, stirring up the, the, uh, the songs of God, songs of hope, peace, deliverance, and shouting them out, letting every body and every devil know that this is how I live. You know, we're going to be doing this in heaven, praising, worshiping. We're going to be doing this in heaven. And so we ought to be in good practice right now, not just when we go up there. You know, it's not just when we get to the sweet by and by. <laughs> we can live victorious right now through these things. And, and, this, and this praise will break things. So I'm done with that page. <laughs> We're talking about, uh, uh, what are we talking about anyway? <laughs> Unshakable faith, Daniel chapter three, Daniel chapter one. So we're talking about unshakable faith, but, but what, where we started tonight was that you can't be in faith and be in fear and God's not giving you fear. And so we're talking about ways to stir up your faith. Now, Daniel chapter one. They were looking for young men, verse four, and whom there was no blemish, but good looking, gifted in all wisdom, possessing knowledge, quick to understand. Whom they might teach the language and the literature of the Chaldeans. So so this group of people came in and took over and now they want to indoctrinate. They want to indoctrinate uh, these people. In their ways. Does that sound familiar? <laughs> and so, uh, verse 6, Daniel, and who we came, come to know as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, uh, all qualified and they studied. But Daniel, verse 8, purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself. So in other words, even though he was uh, living in the world, can we, can we use this now? Even though he was living in the world, he made a choice that uh, I can study to show myself approved. I can get degrees. I can get knowledge. I can I can do self-help books, motivational things. I can study business principles. But I'm still going to be holy and I'm not going to defile myself. And so in verse eight, when they when they wanted to uh, give a portion of the king's delicacies, well, well, these things were things that they would sacrifice to gods. And so Daniel, that's it. I'm drawing the line right there. I'm not going to be a part of that. 
Now, he still had great favor because, or they would not have chosen. But it's like Jesus said, Jesus said of Satan, Satan has nothing in me. So there are things that are external that we deal with, but we can't allow them to get in us. And so Daniel here is saying, hey, I'm not going to defile myself. And so, hey, let's have a contest. Uh, We'll eat vegetables and drink water. And then, you know, everybody else can eat what the king's serving. And then let's see here. Let's let's take what do they take? Ten days. Verse 14, they took 10 days. And then let's see who's more healthy. Now, all in all, these three, these four Hebrew children knew God, had time with God. If you go read Daniel, he, he would, you know, op- open the windows and pray as was his custom. So he was accustomed to doing this. So in other words, he would pray. In our, in, in our day, we would say he would get up, he would pray, he would read his word, pray in the Holy Ghost. He would praise God, get up in the morning, Lord, I thank you for the day. This is a day that you have made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Lord, I thank you for your mercies. Your mercies are new for me today. Lord, I thank you, Father, that you love me, that I'm a child of God. Yes. And, yes. and this was his custom. Yes. Okay. Yes. Well. They they did this little thing, and, and of course the uh, the chief was a little nervous about this because he had stamped his approval on these guys. So if this doesn't work, he's a little nervous that it's going to come back on him. Anyway, uh, it came up that they were more healthy, you know, in, in better spirits, stronger than all these other men that were eating of the, of the king's food. So then. Nebuchadnezzar has this dream and he calls in all the magicians, astrologers, all these people and says, you know, somebody needs to, I'm not even going to tell you what the dream is. Somebody needs to tell me what I dream and then tell me the interpretation. They couldn't do it. So now I'm just going to kill all the wise people because you're not very wise. But Daniel went to the one who knew everything. And the Lord told him the dream and what it meant. And so he was able to, to save all these people. Not only did the Lord tell him this, but he was able to save all these people from dying. Huge. And we don't talk about that part, but that's huge. He saved all these lives. So... I got to move. All right. So the king, uh, chapter three, decides he wants everybody to bow down and worship his golden image. And if you verse, uh, the, so that these, these guys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego would not bow down. They would not pay regard to this. And so in verse 15, they, they brought them in. They said, if you fall down and worship the image which I made good. But if you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately in the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? Now, if you're faced with this, you better be stirred up. 
Right? Because this is the kind of thing that the devil is going to pop you, that the devil wants to try to pop you with and catch you off guard so that you're uh, what frantic, get in fear. And so here's what their response was. Verse 16. Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. The message translation says it like this. Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, your threat means nothing to us. How could they say this? Because daily, daily, they were staying stirred up. Daily, they were in the Word. Daily, in our, in our day, they were praying in the Holy Ghost. Daily, they were, they were praising God. Daily, they were saying, God, God, I don't want anything in my heart that would take any place of you. Lord, I don't want anything. Lord, I want you to have every place of my heart. That's my prayer, God. That's my prayer that you will, that you will come in and burn up all of these things in my heart so that I can be. So they knew who was backing them. And so they said, your threat means nothing to us. And, and they said, if that's the case, our God is able to deliver us. And he will deliver us. And so Nebuchadnezzar, he gets so mad that the Bible says his face, his, the expre- verse 19, the expression on his face changed. In other words, this thing was like, it could have even been demonic. And I mean, like all this anger, contort face. You don't know. I mean, you don't know what kind of angry looking monster he became right there. What is it? More tactics of fear, more tactics of fear to try to get them to do what? To leave their place of unshakable faith where the God who created the world, the, the, the son of God who defeated Death, hell, and the grave, who broke the chains of bondage, who broke all of these things so that you and I can live free, lives on the inside of us. And so greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. What he's trying to do is cause us to get our minds off of that and who we are in God, that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, that we are a soldier in his army, that we are a sheep in his pasture, that we're the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. And all the things that the Bible says about us to try to get our minds off of that so that we get into fear of what this man is saying that he's going to do to us. But the fact is, is even if he does kill us, we live with Jesus in heaven forever. So we got nothing to lose. So, He's contorted, making all these faces. And so here's, here's how the devil works. Turn up the fire seven times hotter. As if fire wouldn't burn them as is. Oh, it's seven times hotter now. Oh, okay. Well, I thought I was only going to get burned to death, but now I'm going to get incinerated. Right? It makes no sense. And usually if it makes no sense... That's from the devil. <laughs> because he always overplays his hand. <laughs> so, 
so they so they go and so he turns it up seven times hotter. Well, he kills three of his own men. See, the devil doesn't devil's not loyal to you or to his people. He's out to kill everybody. So <laughs> what what do they do? Do they compromise? Do they do they accept a standard that is lower than the standard of being the child of God? No, they do not. But the law of compromise is if you bow, you burn. If you bow, you burn. But they didn't bow. And they and uh, the, the king turned up the flame and and uh, we're going to pick this up in verse 24. King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and he rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound in the midst of the fire? They answered and said to the king, True, O king. Verse 25. Look, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire and they are not hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the son of God. They didn't compromise. They didn't compromise their, their faith. They didn't compromise their standards. They didn't compromise. They didn't compromise. And Jesus showed up. Psalm 34, 7 says, The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him, and he will deliver them. We have angels. <laughs> Listen, people of God, holy saints of God. We have all of heaven backing us. Jesus said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. All of heaven. Think about that. Think about it. Jesus could have called down uh, six legions of angels to, to come and get him off this cross. I mean, I'm talking about tens of thousands. I mean, uh, what's the one scripture where it talks about how many angels there are and, 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 and this many times thousands and, and thousands and thousands? We can't even comprehend. They're, they're ministering aids. What do they do? They hearken to the word of the Lord. Jesus lives on the inside of us. God's backing us. We have angels. Why do we ever need to be afraid or to compromise? We can stand our ground. Just to, just to practically put this into, t- into today. When I first started working for this company, and I had good success. It was like my second, third job out of college. I was young. And uh, and I had good success right off the bat. Well, they promoted me immediately to to a manager. Now I had these states I was over, and then no more promotion. And I had all these states now. And well, they they loved to have meetings, and they would have meetings to have meetings, meetings meetings to plan meetings. And so then what happened was I, I'm traveling around. I'm away from home, and they love to have meetings on Sunday. Now, what do we talk about from the start? 
a passion for the things of God, the word of God, the house of God. Well, I'm missing church because they love to have meetings on Sunday. And so finally, <laughs> when I started getting this word on the inside of me and, and I start realizing, you know what? I'm going to go to the, to my president and say, and tell him I'm not missing church anymore because none of his meetings was going to change my life forever. That's why I believe coming to church to hear God's word called me naive or called me full of faith. I believe that a word on any given Wednesday night or Sunday can change your life forever. Forever. And so I knew that his meetings wasn't going to change my life forever. So I have a choice. Do I think about my pocketbook and the possible consequences of going to him and taking a stand? What does that mean? Well, I could, he, he, he could say, well, no, you have to come. Well, then what if we have a standoff? Then where am I going to draw the line? Because I believe I heard from the Lord to go to him and say, I'm not coming to any more of your Sunday meetings respectfully. And so the Lord told me exactly what to go and say to him. He said, you go and tell him that even if people don't go to church on Sunday, Sunday's a, a, a really good day of rest and a day for family. Now, everybody can appreciate that that has a family. So I went to him. I said, uh, you know, even if people don't go to church on Sunday, Sunday is a day of rest and a good day to spend time with family. So respectfully, I can't come to any more of your Sunday meetings. So now I'll fly out Sunday night after church. I'll be here first thing Monday morning. And, you know, I'll be here. But that's, that's why I feel like I need. So he, he listened. Well, he came back and they changed the whole company policy. There would be no more meetings on Sunday. So <laughs> I'm talking about. I'm talking about, uh, you know, ten, tens of, of people were affected by this. You know, I, what, it was like 40, whatever, however many people we had that were managers that were having to come to these meetings. So people were affected by this, but they changed the whole thing. Why? Because I got a word, word from God. Because the word began to stir up so big in me that what's more important is getting into the house of God. What's more important are the things of God. What's more important is the word of God. Those things are eternal. But this is just a, 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 a way or a means for me. That God gave me so that I could finance the things of God. The word of God, the house of God that's going forth all over the earth. That's what Ephesians 4 says. Is let him who still, uh, uh, still, still no longer, but let him work so that he may have something to give. And so that's really the purpose of our jobs is so that we can have something to give. Because every dollar that's sown and, it, and listen, you're part of a ministry that goes all over the world. Yes, we have the local church. But there's also a worldwide ministry that you're a part of. 
And so what that means is that the money that is sown has an impact to affect a wider amount of people. That's pretty uh, exciting if you think about it. Now, that's not to say that, you know, uh, so it's it's an awesome thing. And so what these guys did is they didn't bow. They didn't compromise. They were stirred up. They were passionate. You know, they they were walking in who they were. They were walking in their authority, in their authority to know who we are, to know I'm, I'm a child of God. Yeah. Now, just like David. Now, that uncircumcised Philistine right there going to come against me. <laughs> then he's going to have to deal with me and all my posse. Because the devil's been defeated. And, and it's the same tactics and it's the same things that he's been doing, just like God's the same yesterday, today, and forever, so is the enemy. And it's the same tactics. It's to get us into fear so that, oh, it's hotter now. So that, oh, whoa, whoa, maybe I should, maybe I should rethink my position and really rationalize this and reason this out in my mind. Why compromise just because the devil turns up the heat? Why compromise when God's on your side? Why compromise when you know how it's going to turn out? Why bow if no weapon formed against you will prosper? Why bow if greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world? Why bow if nothing can separate you from the love of Christ? Why bow if you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you? Why bow if the Lord will deliver you out of all of your trouble? Why bow if the Lord will deliver you out of all your afflictions? The devil was the king of compromise. And that's what he did from the beginning was compromised. But God is raising up a standard. And you're that standard. And this... This what I talked about tonight. Whew. This 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 fire of God. This stand with me. This this purging. This this power. This passion. So what we're going to do right now is we're going to stir ourselves up before we walk out of here. I think that would be appropriate, don't you? And we're going to pray in the Holy Spirit. Now, if if, if you're in here and you have never made Jesus Lord of your life, when we start, when we start to pray and you, you want to come up and, and then we'll lead you to, to make Jesus Lord of your life. And if you have never prayed in the Holy Spirit, once we start praying in the Holy Ghost here in just a second, come up and, and we'll get you baptized in the Holy Spirit so you can have this heavenly language so that you can stir yourself up 
Jude 20 says, building yourself up in your most holy faith. So what praying in the Holy Spirit does is it builds ourselves up and edifies us so that uh, we can have this confidence and unshakable faith so that we can go out and face the, the day. Amen.